Welcome to chapel this morning. We're going to do something a little different, and I, I want you to know that, that I'm, I'm mandating this. I need you to stand, and I need everyone, in order to make this chapel work, everyone to walk down and sit in this front area. Um, because I, I, know I know you're going to complain. I know. We really need you to do this. Just get as close as you can. In all seriousness, stand and come down front. Um, I, I really won't allow you to sit in the back, so do that. Hey, even if you're just right here with your legs on the seat, um, literally stand and come. Yeah, come we, we need you're you to far back. make a move. Come, come as close as you can. Just come. Up, don't wait in line. We won't go long in chapel today. Either, here. We're so not going to be long, like but we're going to have a conversation. It really will help to be able to to be able to. Hey guys, I'm not joking. <laughs> Thank you. Need to be in the first half of the room. You can come all the way up here on either side, too. There's lots of room up here. You want to be on this side? I'll go over there. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm just walking over here. <laughs> Bring this to A lot of places right up here. A lot of spaces over here. Just move quickly. Thank you guys for doing that. It helps us because this day, uh, the conversation will not be uh, as productive if you were scattered about. Fantastic. I want to. I want to tell you this is what we did last year in the very last chapel, and we'll we'll do it again this year. And we did it last year and really enjoyed it, so that's why I want to do it again. Um, I, kind of our purpose for today is is to understand a little bit more about what it means for you to be a student here at Baylor. Now, let me tell you what our purpose is not. Uh, we send out surveys, and many of you have filled the, out those surveys, and I appreciate your doing so. Um, but we, we send those out so we can get a better idea of what chapel is like. And so we have a great vehicle for that, for understanding your your opinions about chapel, and we get a lot of that, so I appreciate it. Uh, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. Uh, because even though we're in the chapel setting, but we have a lot of information on that. We also have a lot of information about the area of spiritual life, our office. Um, we do a lot of surveys and focus groups that kind of get us some ideas about what it's like uh, to be within our office. And so we're not going to talk about that either. Really, we want to talk in a broader sense what it means here at Baylor to be a student. Now, Bert and I are both uh, researchers by nature. We love to know what it means to be something. We want to know what it means to be at a faith-based school. We want to know what it means to integrate faith and learning. Um, you've heard that term kicked around. So Bert's going to ask a little bit more definitively what we're looking for, but I just wanted you to know what we're not doing, and also that we want to know a little bit more about you and what it means to be here. So this isn't going to be um, as much listen to us talk as it is going to be we listen to you and share a little bit. We're going to have a couple people with mics, so in a few minutes when Bert finishes, because I want him to kind of give some clarity to what I'm saying, um, but when, when that happens, you can raise your hand and we'll chat some. I'm glad y'all are here, and uh, I know maybe most of you are here because you've, you're out of absences, but I'm glad we get to talk a little bit. Uh, I want you to imagine for a, a moment that in a, in a month or so, you're, you're back at Baylor, you're here in August, and uh, 
Ken Starr sees you on campus and y'all start talking. He says, hey, come by my office. And, and I've been with him, and he's just liable to do that. He really loves to engage people, and he's so easy to talk to. And let's suppose you went to his office, and he said, well, what's it like being at Baylor? I mean, you, you came to Baylor with some expectations, and you began to talk, and then he began to really push you and say, what's the whole faith dimension of this like for you? When you think about being at a school that's, that's uh, explicitly Christian and even tied to Baptist faith, what's that been like for you? If he were quizzing you about the religious environment, what kinds of things would you say? Don't raise a hand yet, but it's been this way for me. My experience in the residence hall was like this, or I was in this class and I loved it, or I was in that class and it really rubbed me the long, wrong way. Or what, what's it? Everybody, every one of you have had some experience with the religious environment at Baylor. What would you say to Ken Starr? Or, or if he said to you, okay, I'm going to give you a magic wand. And you can wave it across the Baylor community and the Baylor experience and change one thing about the spirituality or the faith content of our education. Would there be something you would change if you were sitting there with Ken Starr? What would you do differently? What would your response be? Um, if you ask that question across the campus today, you get a million answers, and particularly from faculty and staff. This is not an easy thing we're trying to do. Uh, you probably have heard it. You heard me say it maybe on day one. But the Baylor project, the, the, the sort of experiment that uh, we're in here, has never been done. Here's what I mean by that. It's not unusual at all. Uh, most universities were started by uh, faith institutions, by churches, who said we need to educate people. And uh, so schools were started, as you know, hundreds of years ago. Uh, and there are many, many schools who have remained tied to their faith commitment or their faith tradition. It's part of their curriculum. And then there are also many, many schools that were started in other ways uh, uh, who had a different agenda. We're just trying to educate people. We're trying to do research. Many of these institutions became these institutions. Do you know that? Kind of nod if you know that. For instance, a place like Brown or Harvard that started with a lot of connection to the life of faith just drifted and let go of that through the years so that now they are uh, non-sectarian. I mean, they, they are explicitly devoted to just the search for what is true, and, and, and we don't even think much about that. Baylor is trying to do this and that. And what you need to know is that it's really never been done. There has never been in the history of history a, a, research, a major research institution that has tried to, at the same time, deepen its commitment to the reality of faith and what that means for us. We're trying to hold those things together because we believe it is our mission to make a difference in the world, and we feel like we can't do one without the other, that we have to be passionate and open to the truth. We have to be passionate about this. Whatever it is that's under a microscope or coming out of somebody's mind as they think, this is, is critical to having a voice in the world. It's critical to you being well-educated. And at the same time, we're trying to say, whatever is true, whatever we're looking at under a microscope, somehow for us is tied deeply to this reality that we call God 
and the story that we confess together as Christians. It's never been done. So if you walked across this campus and went in anybody's office who's a professor and said, so what does that mean to you? How do you do it? You'd get a lot of different answers. And some of it has to do with the life of the mind and what's going on in classrooms, and some of it has to do with the environment, what we do and don't allow, and uh, the kinds of things that we try to promote and program. So all of that is in the conversation all the time. Every day, literally every day, I'm in some conversation about this. So it would be really great for me to be able to say I was with the 1010 Chapel the other day and hear the kind of things we heard. Brian and I heard some things that I will absolutely, in the 905, I will absolutely say to Ken Starr uh, when he gets here. One of them had to do with one of our deaf students who's saying, do you know Baylor doesn't do this and that for deaf students with regard to their faith development and spirituality? And I didn't know that we weren't doing that. So we take this very seriously, and it's just a way to sort of wrap up the year, but it's also asking for some help and connection here to uh, some folks who were involved in these conversations. So if you were, there you were. You're, you're in Ken Starr's office. And he said, what's this been like? What would, what would you say to him? What, how, did, how have you found the environment, religiously speaking, at Baylor? And we've got microphones and just raise a hand, and, we'll, and they'll find you, and we'll start the conversation. Come on down here. Come on, Josh. And th- this person was scratching her head, but I think that counts. We're going to put a mic in here. No, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we have the required religion classes here. Um, when, when it comes to the, the students here, a majority of us aren't actually very grounded in our faiths when we arrive here. And these religion classes are on a much higher level than um, somebody who doesn't already know the stories and the real meanings behind them uh, can really understand. I mean, personally, I've been in church my whole life, and I, I know what this stuff means. And these classes have made me um, even deeper grounded in my faith. But for for those who didn't already have that basis, um, it, it seems to push them away more than draw them in because it, it's so overwhelming. How, how many of you, I mean, just hands go up, maybe want to piggyback on that. Y- y'all are in conversations with one another about the, the curricular requirements next door in Tidwell. What's the experience typically for folks who have grown up in church or not grown up in church? What do you hear from one another and what, what's your your experience been? Jared, you back over here? Okay. Raise your hand high and we'll find you. Um, well, what he said is I didn't grow up in um, a very church-based household. I was and raised in a Christian household. I got to religion, and I hate to say this, but I absolutely hate it. Um, I don't understand half the stuff that's going on, and it is really pushing me away from religion. Like, I appreciate chapel and what they're saying, and it makes me think, but when I get to religion, and they they expect us to know the stories, and they expect us to know exactly what's going on, I have no idea. 
and I ask, and they don't go into it because they don't have time. And they ask me to come in after class. I don't have time to come in after class because I have other classes. And so I really am just pushed away with the whole religion thing, and I think I'm even more lost than I was when I got here. Anybody else felt that way in religion classes where you, you felt like this was a little overwhelming and caused me to just put an arm up? Raise your hands high. I'm just curious. And you may want to piggyback while we're thinking on that. I think Jared's got somebody back here. Yeah. Um, hi. Um, I did not grow up in a um, religious background. I mean, um, it's, but I'm always open to learning new things, and I was very excited to be at Baylor to just learn and take in new things. And I think um, the religions class are very educational. It's just that the approach taken is that from um, is is that it seems to me that it's specifically designed to people who who already have that foundation there. So I wasn't able to connect as much as I could have. When, some, when, say, a story in the Bible was taught, when something in the Bible was taught, when a principle was taught, it was taught, it was, it was saying, assuming that all the students are Christian, that all the students have already know what it's like, rather than trying to communicate to others who aren't already knowledgeable of that. I wonder what it would be like to invite the religion department to have sort of a, whatever that number of that class is, you know, uh, be where they say this one's going to be taught from the perspective of folks who are just beginning with this and not making those kind of assumptions. There's a hand back here, Jerry. As we continue on, I really appreciate your honesty because that's that's what's most helpful in this type of dialogue is that you're you're brutally honest with us, and I really appreciate that. I I actually did grow up in a religious household, and I think I understand what's being said here, and I think what the problem is why they're not really understanding and grasping with this is a problem I had growing up is that I didn't understand the gospel and you know we go to chapel and we go to these classes and we hear all of this religious jargon but until we understand the key part of the Christian faith of the gospel we're not going to be able to understand all of the extra part and I think there's this there's this fear of just you know getting up and proclaiming the gospel because well we don't want to be you know controversial and try to force our religion on people and so because of that when we try to go around it and go to the less controversial things and they end up we end up losing that part and we don't understand the key tenet of of this of 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 sin righteousness and judgment and that's really controversial but unless we get that we're not going to get the extra stuff thanks anybody want to respond to that we got Someone back here with the mic. Go ahead. Okay, I'm from kind of the opposite end of what a lot of these people are saying. I've always been in private Christian schools. I've always had chapel. I've always had required Bible classes, my last chapel ever. And um, I guess for me, a lot of people are saying, you know, for the Christian, like the religion classes, they're more for people who have that understanding. But I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because from my perspective, the first week in Christian scriptures, I called home like talking to my parents saying, I've never heard some of this stuff before. I felt like this is like breaking down a lot of the stuff that I held to be true. Um, And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think one distinction between chapel and religion is chapel is more about your personal experience with God, where religion is to ask the tough questions about the Bible and the tough questions about the church history that's not always pretty and doesn't always make sense, but... 
It's an academic discipline. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's been hard for me to grasp a lot because I want everything to make sense. It's like from how I've grown up and stuff, but it doesn't always make sense, and it's hard. Um, okay, so during uh, last semester, I believe it was, I um, attended an, a panel on um, Islamic religion. And so um, one of the, I think he's a professor, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, Al-Siddiqui teaches uh, world cultures. And he said that Baylor doesn't allow any Muslim professors to teach Islam. Like to me, okay, yes, we're a Christian school, but I believe that we should be accepting of other faiths as well. And like, I just, I don't feel like in a sense that it is Christian that we don't let any Muslim professors like teach here. We, we should be, we should be more open I mean, that's the whole point of Christianity. Like, we we have to be loving. We have to be accepting of other religions. I mean, we don't have to take it in ourselves personally and individually, but we definitely should, like, if we're going to be a Christian school, we have to start acting like one. Like, we should be way more open. What's your name? My name is Raina Anderson. She's, she's saying, and uh, there's all sorts of hands going up, uh, that sort of, if I heard it right, in the name of our Christianity... We ought to bless uh, someone in their faith by having a, a Muslim who teaches Islamic studies. And might I, I would think you would probably, for instance, also say uh, that our Muslim students should be able to have an organization. Would you want them to? So that would be something we, we wouldn't do. Um, let me just say this real quick, and I'll let you all jump in. Uh, in some ways, these are, I don't think they're competing ultimately, but, but maybe values that we hold in tension. We're a confessional community. We believe God was in Christ reconciling himself to the world. We, we confess this. And yet at the same time, we're saying, along with every other university in the world, diversity is important, respect, love for the other, and even in the name of Christ, uh, what, how do you welcome the stranger into your midst? And sometimes these things kind of go like this, and maybe one trumps the other. Uh, but I kind of wonder what you think about all that. we got a mic back here. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say something about somebody talking about accepting the gospel for the, uh, religion. And I, don't, I grew up with no like religious background, so I thought that was kind of untrue to me the religion class is hard because it's history and like everybody else is saying you don't know what they're talking about it's not the fact that I don't understand what they believe it's the fact that I don't know who they're talking about I don't know who this person is so like a lot of other people are saying it's not the fact that we don't understand the lessons it's that we don't know who's who we don't know what this person did you just they make too many assumptions yeah like okay. we you need to start out, like, you can't just start talking about some guys in reference to something else. Who's got the mics? Wave them. Hi. Um, well, I was just going to affirm what you were saying a minute ago about uh, Muslim teaching here and stuff. And uh, a reason we are a Christian university is because, A, we are Christians, and we believe these things for a reason. And... Um, about 
the thing about being a Christian is standing firm and believing in certain things, and this is a private Christian university, and students do have the choice to come here. We pay more to come here than uh, somewhere else that would be more, I mean, teaching more things, uh, allowing Muslim teachers to teach certain things, but uh, if we did allow Muslim teachers to teach about Islam, then um, obviously it's important for uh, Christianity to have respect for other people and love for other people, but we should stand for what we believe in and what we do believe is right. So what she's saying is you have these two values, one being welcoming and being respectful of people and even valuing the conversation that they're going to bring to us while not letting go of the confession that everybody on the campus might want one of those others to trump. And uh, Josh, where are you? Let's get that mic back over here. Um, Just for the record, by the way, I don't know how many. We probably have three or four faculty members who are Jewish, but I don't think we have any from other other faiths other than those folks. Um, Hi, I'm a Muslim. And this is my first semester at Baylor, and I'm taking Christian scriptures. And um, I'm very secure in my faith. And I would say, I would go as far as to say that three quarters of what I learned in that class um, is basically the same teachings and the same sort of historical background that we have in Islam. And I wish that some of my peers knew that. Um, I wish more people knew about the similarities and I really enjoyed the class I found it easy to follow if you read the material and you're interested and you dedicate the time Um, I also feel as though chapel helps you to grow not only as a Christian but if you are a spiritual person if you're concerned about um, being a strong member of society and really giving back it it strengthens those fundamental Um, characteristics that you need to have, you know, compassion and doing charity and understanding others and living your life uh, with with a love for God. And um, I've just gained a positive experience from both. Thank you. And I'm I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Back back over here. Hi. um, This is my first semester at Baylor, and I'm Jewish. And I do know there's about three professors here that are also Jewish that actually attend my congregation. But um, regarding the, um, the question earlier about, um, you know, Muslim, you know, Muslim professors teaching on Baylor campus, um, and also I've had a discussion with my rabbi about, you know, Jewish professors teaching in the Jewish center. Um, I think you will, I may agree as far as the not having the religious club, I guess, because it would go against the... Um, Baylor principles, but I do think that there should be some form of Christian interfaith outreach towards students who are not of the Christian persuasion, uh, especially those who are Muslim or Jewish, because we have a very common heritage because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we all basically descended from them. So um, the commonality there, uh, I'll be taking Hebrew Um, in the uh, fall and that's a required language that we speak in the synagogue Um, but I think I think the um, 
Um, the challenge is that the along with the religions comes the culture and the tradition. Um, and with, uh, um, with that in mind, I think there should, there can be some way that we can bridge the gap without, you know, um, compromising Baylor's principles, um, but at the same time reaching out to people like, you know, myself yeah. who are Jewish. Um, and I do enjoy chapel, um, you, you know, even though there's a Christian theme, because I think some of the things that are talked about are universal principles, you know, so um, there is a good commonality there. There's some minor theological differences, but I don't think that's something that, you know, I don't think that's something that we should discuss. I think we should just concentrate on the things that actually we have in common instead of the things that we have difference in outreach. I think that's the most important thing. So, well, Let me just ask then, and I'm going to give you my mic here in a second. Uh, if I had a, a group next year and said, okay, I want you know, 15 to 20 upperclassmen to commit to being a part of a dialogue group during the year, but, uh, and, and we're specifically going to try to bring folks in who are students from other faiths, and the whole purpose is just to know one another and to learn how to talk better because, our, our, again, our mission is we're going to send folks out into the world and we got to learn how to, how to do life together. we got to learn how to love and communicate with people who are different than we are. And the world's dying from this, from an inability to transcend our stuff that's down here and our small minds. If I had a group like that, how many would be interested in something like that? I'm just curious. We're, we're, we're beginning to try to work on this, the resident chaplains and I and people who've met folks. But what I'm aware of is if, if, if our Muslim students and Jewish students get a Hindu, get an email from me saying, come to my office, they probably won't do it. You know, it's like he's, gonna, he's coming after us or something. So we've got to figure out how to reach. It, it has to be an outreach that invites people in and kind of a, a, a safe place. And any thoughts about that will be helpful. And Ryan's got somebody over here. Uh, yeah. I was wondering, on the same page as uh, Muslim and Jewish teachers in Baylor, maybe it would be time to finally allow uh, Christian teachers in the religion department that aren't necessarily Baptist, because I, I know that that's a requirement for the religion department, and maybe it would be time for other denominations to have their input. How many of you would like to see that in the religion department? I'm just curious. How many of you would say, no, Baylor's got to figure out a way to remain Baptist? And nope. This is one of the hard questions, and I'll just I'll just say this and, and give you back the mic. Uh, people ask all the time, so how are we still Baptist? And 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 Baylor's Baylor's wrestling with that in a post-denominational era. I mean, when I talk to you guys, with the exception of uh, our Catholic students, most of you would say, if I say, what are you? You'd say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, I grew up Lutheran, but I'm a Christian. Right, I mean, you guys don't think that way about your denominations. So Baylor, one of our values is we want to be ecumenical. So this is a very interesting. I think we won't know in in the next ten years, but twenty years from now, we'll be saying, okay, that's how Baylor navigated that. But I don't think we know yet. One of the questions is religion professors and trustees and those kinds of things. Here you go. Um, what I'm concerned about is that if we're going to allow Christians to teach about Christianity, who is more knowledgeable to teach about Islam than a Muslim? How, it's, 
it's more like who's qualified and why are they not allowed to give <laughs> why are they not allowed to give their knowledge about their customs and their religion when Christians are allowed the same and to be honest I've learned more from my friend who practices Islam about Christianity than I have from any Christian That's a very good question somebody over here want to respond Um, yeah, this is my second semester at Baylor, and, like, I took Christian scriptures last semester, and I grew up in a very strong Christian background, and I knew all the stories. I didn't even do a single reading for that class because I would just sit there and answer all the questions. And I hated that class because, um, like, the teacher, whenever he was teaching, to me, he was very biased about some of the things that he was teaching about. Like, I didn't go there to learn Christianity the the way it was supposed to be. I learned it the way he um, learned it. And I was like, that 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 doesn't make sense. At one point, he told me that Satan was a job. And that doesn't make sense because in Revelation chapter 12, it clearly describes that anyone in the Bible that was named Satan, serpent, ancient serpent, the dragon, is Lucifer, is Satan. It's not a job. And I, I, it didn't make sense to me. And that was the kind of problems that I had in the class. And that's part of, like, I was... Let me. I guess I'll try to answer her question about why Muslim professors shouldn't teach because I feel as though it would be more biased than it would be just knowledge about the about the religion. I think like 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 the religion professor had, they would try to put a little bit more into it than just the I guess the uh, foundation and the the way of uh, life as a Muslim and just make it more of a seem like a this is how Muslim is to me rather than this is what Muslim is Islam is. You want it to be more objective in some way. I think Jared, is there somebody back? Who's got a mic? Just hold it up so I can see. Right here. Go ahead. Uh I was gonna say that I actually had the exact opposite experience of you. Uh the Christian scriptures professor I had two years ago, I think. Uh taught it from a very, I guess, non-biased type perspective and talked about a lot of, I guess, historical context of what the Bible says and a lot of things that, like, biblical scholars, you know, find out about the text and things like that. And it's stuff that, you know, I didn't learn before, and that that was really interesting. So that that's one thing that I really like about the... I guess uh, religion classes at Baylor is that sometimes you find out the things that you didn't know because some of the professors come at it come at it from a more academic standpoint as opposed to just like preaching. Somebody had a mic over here. Okay. Um. For one thing, I grew up in a very a household that really didn't have Christianity in it. We went to church when I was little, but I never learned the stories. But coming to Baylor, I've become a lot closer to my faith and have learned a lot more. But on the subject of allowing other religions to have a class, where would we stop for just allowing which types of religions? Because there's all different types of groups. So you could have groups that totally go against our faith, but what would stop them 
from being allowed. Um, this is the question that people ask, not just about what courses you're going to ask, but you remember I stood here and there? What, what folks will, will say is that historically, as schools move away from their faith commitments, it's not like they go, okay, we're not Christian anymore. I mean, they just sort of do this, and before long, uh, you know, there, there's no semblance of what was there before. So that's her question, and it's a very good one. Do we, we say we're going to draw it at, at the Abrahamic phase? We do, by the way, teach courses in these other things, but the question would be who's teaching them. Let me ask one other thing and uh, maybe steer the conversation a little bit. We, we've been talking about academic life mostly. Uh, what's it been like to be here in the environment as a person of faith or not or Baptist or not? Uh, in the residence halls, in conversations, has this been a place that has uh, drawn you? you? You find yourself leaning into faith, curious about it, more committed to it, or you find yourself thinking, "I'm not, I'm not so sure." Those those kinds of things. Somebody has a mic over here. I was going to make a comment about the interfaith relationship. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had the experience of Christian scriptures and Christian heritage because I'm in the Baylor interdisciplinary core. But uh, what I've found in the, the, the courses, World Cultures 1 and 2, is that there's an emphasis on the, the faiths. And uh, I've actually visited a Jewish synagogue and an, uh, a Muslim, uh, an Islam uh, mosque uh, in Dallas. And so I've actually been able to, to uh, see just these faiths. Uh, and my professors aren't biased. Uh, they're, they're really focused on uh, getting, uh, teaching me the information about each faith. And in the process, it's reaffirmed my faith. And I've, I've, I have even had even stronger convictions about what I believe. And as, as a result, uh, my faith has grown dramatically this, this year. Uh, I'm closer to uh, Jesus than I've ever been in my life. I, I get poured into on a daily basis uh, with the men in my life group and the men in my community. Uh, just uh, I, I'm in a discipleship program with my, my life group leader and, and the, the men around me. And we're, we're uh, just seeking radical accountability. And so the community aspect of Baylor is really really influenced my life, uh, and it's really changed how I view my relationship, and uh, I emphasize less religion, but more relationship, and, and seeking Jesus for all that he is. Okay, um, I find the student body at Baylor especially friendly, more so than any of the other universities I've visited, and I think that has a large part to do with uh, Baylor's um, faith-based curriculum and mission. And um, so far, everyone I've met, everyone I've spoken to, um, everyone who has approached me, um, they've been super respectful, and they have a genuine interest in knowing about um, things that aren't, you know, primarily Christian. They, they want to know about Islam and other things, but I found it great that we can focus on um, doing good things together and serving the community and um, echoing these, you know, positive things, uh, giving back without having conflict over faith. I think that the Baylor community harbors um, like positivity, and uh, I think that's due to the faith-basedness of it all. Thank so. you. I think we're about to need to wrap and up. we got one more back there. I just want to say from a um, non-Christian perspective that um, actually I, I chose Baylor over a lot of uh, public universities just because of the simple fact of the morals and the here on campus and things that are not allowed, um, such as 
certain groups that are not allowed on campus, you can tell that there's a lot more spirit feel, even though we may have a different perspective on our spirituality. I think the common goals is that, you know, the Ten Commandments we all follow. And the most important thing is that we do believe in the Holy Spirit, whether we're Jewish or Christian or even Muslim. And I think here on Baylor campus, there is a sense of faith, um, whatever that faith may be. So, um, and as far as the Abrahamic, the covenant is concerned, to me, I can reflect it because I can sit here and talk to him and and receive love from this brother or from the sister or whoever it is that I may, uh, and unbiased, even though there's, you know, the rules as uh, being a Baptist cam- uh, campus, but I like the uh, view that it's a clean, Thanks. it's a clean campus. Yeah. Ryan? Uh, this has been a great a great chapel to illustrate why I'm so appreciative of you all. And I want to just close today by saying this. Um, thanks for being attentive this semester. It's one thing to 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 have guests who come to chapel and and the guests come to me a lot and they'll say things like, "Hey, I was just at some other Christian university and they'll be at chapel and they'll say, "I know chapel's boring and the students are going to hate it, blah blah blah." And I say, "No, no, no, no. This is Baylor." And our guests Across the board, they come out, and, and we just had our guest Monday say this. Say, that is the most attentive, respectful, engaging crowd that I've spoken to at a, at a university in a, in a chapel setting. And so hear me say thank you for being involved with what's going on. I know that there's some of you. We see everything from the stage. So if you ever thought you were hiding when you were sleeping or studying or, or texting, you, you weren't hiding. We just weren't getting – we weren't approaching you. Uh, but we see you. We, we know who you are. And so we, we know that there are some of you doing that. But the vast majority of you are very engaged and very involved with what's happening. And today you've proven that um, just by being interested in what we're ta- talking about. This has been the very beginning of a discussion that we have all the time and we want to continue to have. So please know that we love talking about these things. Um, we love this discussion. So come to the Bobo and talk to us about it even more. We love it. Um, secondly, just real quickly, I want to thank Lisa Garrett um, and her whole staff of chapel assistants. If you thought to yourself, hey, I want to come to chapel and get paid for it, then come be a chapel assistant. And you can talk to Lisa after, and she can sign you up uh, for that. Um, I think Bert's going to talk for just a second about chapel alternatives as well. If you have another semester of chapel you need to get and you're 30 hours into your degree or more, um, you can do it a different way. So maybe you want to talk about that. Well, there are just other ways now of getting your second chapel. If, you, if you're interested in that, small groups, things like that, other prayer services, and we'd be open to telling you about those. As we have all year, let's uh, stand for our final blessing. Now, as you go into this week, hear this word. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace always. Amen.